0: Well, welcome,
1: everybody. Thank you for coming. Hopefully others will join us, that they haven't been frightened off the subject in itself, accessible church. Sounds a bit scary, doesn't it? But I hope it isn't scary. It certainly isn't scary for us. The three of us work for an organisation called Count Everyone In. And basically, what is it say on the tin? Count everybody in but we work specifically with adults with learning disabilities and have a real passion to see the church welcoming to the whoever. And if a person can speak or not speak, can read or not read, they are still very much can be part of the body of Christ. My name's Pete and I live in Newbury. I'm... I'm not from commission, apologies. <laughs> um, I actually worship in an Anglican church at moments so where God very clearly led us to,
0: and we've
1: really been looked after within that environment as well. And it's been a thrill to be part of them and be part of their journey as they're looking to open things up more and more to guys with learning disabilities so that they can be fully part of the body of Christ. So I'm Pete.
0: I'm Christine, married to Pete, so also, you know, all that stuff that he's just said also applies to me. (laughs) But just to say that some of you may have seen us before, because if you were at West Point, uh, we went for about four years running the Accessible Stream, the uh, Count Everyone In meetings for adults with learning disabilities, and it was great to see some of you guys there. And we count ourselves privileged to be friends with Commission. I've been working with churches and adults with learning disabilities for some 20 odd years now and um as count everyone in we've been been running for about five or so years so more of that later but you would find us at other festivals as well not just west point because convention spring harvest word alive um and others so that's me Oh, oh i'm also apart from being a wife, I'm a mum, two grown-up sons and five lovely grandchildren.
2: Yeah.
1: So if you're married to me...
2: I'm not married to Pete. Also Christy, you know. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just out there. Um, my name is Yalika. Um I'm also not part of a commission church, I'm very sorry. Um, I am um, based in Portsmouth. Um, originally I'm from the Netherlands, um, but God called me to England. 18 years ago, gosh, that's a very long time ago, Um, to work with adults with learning disabilities. I am a social worker by trade. Yes, I'm one of them. Um, And have worked with adults with learning disabilities as a social worker for over 15 years. Um, And now I um, teach at the university. I teach new social work students in how to support um, adults with learning disabilities in particular. I have a real passion for safeguarding, making sure that everyone is safe in whatever environment. They find themselves, and obviously the church is a huge part of that. Um, I'm also a Macathon tutor, um, so I use sign language um, to communicate with people with learning disabilities. And if you're interested, there is a little seminar happening tomorrow where I'll um, teach some signing, um, so I'll watch out for that. Um, and I've been working with Pete and Christine for five, five years. years. Four, or five years. Well, yeah, yes. um, and. Um, been really, really privileged to support churches and other believers in just being more welcoming to people with learning disabilities and and helping people to understand that a learning disability isn't a barrier to believe in Jesus, isn't a barrier to be part of the body of Christ. So it's really exciting to be here with all of you um, today.
1: So we're passionate, as I said, about churches being welcoming, but you know, that's the tip of the iceberg. We uh, run a series of, a suite of training called Know and Grow. And the whole reason it's called Know and Grow is because we want adults with learning disabilities in whatever way is possible for them to know who Jesus is, to accept him as their Lord and Saviour in a way that is appropriate for them, but also then to grow in him. So we don't just say, oh, isn't that nice? They've said yes to Jesus. But they are being discipled, just like we hope and pray that we all are, as in the life of our church. And so over the next three day, two days, um, we've got these three uh, sessions that we're running. As Janneke has said, tomorrow there will be a session on Makaton. And if you've never seen Makaton, I do encourage you to come along and see that. Say so, see, it will be very much practical. I know Janneke, so <laughs> it'll be hands-on, literally. <laughs> and find out some of the the language that's being worked on with Makaton to make the specific language that we need as a Christian, not just how the world would say something. And then we're also doing a third seminar that actually begins to go, well, how do we take all this further? And we hope that you'll feel that you would like to be part of that as well. So, Yannicka, I think it's over to you. you.
0: Well, just before we get there, I think we've got one more slide here. And as Peter said, we are, uh, we've split this into three sessions. Each one stands alone, but it's lovely if you want to come to all three of them. And we came across this quote that was sent to us after one of the celebrations we'd been, a series of celebrations we'd been running in Keswick a few years ago, and thought this really sums up church, we felt, not just for people with learning disabilities, but the welcome. We all want to be welcome, don't we? the worship as we come together to worship Jesus, and the pure joy are such a privilege to be part of. And we just want to give you a little bit of a flavour of how that can be even more true in our churches as we have people with learning disabilities amongst us.
2: Okay. So let's start with, uh, you know, what is a learning disability? And I always have to check myself, because I've worked with adults with learning disabilities for so long, I always think that everybody knows... Who I'm talking about when I'm talking about people with learning disabilities, um, but also before you know, thinking about who are these people that we're talking about. Let's also be really clear: we're talking about people um, like you and I. So I, it's one of those really odd things, isn't it? I don't really like having to label anything, like anybody, but at the same time, it is also quite helpful so that we all know who we're talking about. So people with learning disabilities. So there is a there is. A, an official definition that was given by the NHS quite a while ago, um, which says that anyone um, who has an IQ under 70 and a significant impairment of social functioning, that's remarkable, isn't it, Um, is classed as having a learning disability. So, In reality, what that means is that we're talking about somebody who has a reduced ability to learn new skills and to understand information because of um, (coughs) something that happened in their development something that's happened to their brain. Um, most people with learning disabilities have um, that sort of issue in the development's happened either during pregnancy or during birth or shortly after birth. So it's a lifelong, I don't want to say condition, but it's a lifelong thing that is with somebody. It's not an illness. It is not something that should be cured. Um, it is part of who the person is. Um, and I always think you know, of that beautiful Bible verse that tells us in, Ge- in Genesis 1, um, you know, we're all made in God's image. That includes people with a learning disability. Who are we to say that um, what we think is normal, what we as people have decided as, you know, this is normal, who is to say that that's the same for God? And, you know, I look at the lovely diversity that we have in this world, not just people with learning disability, but diversity in general, and I think, gosh, what an amazing image of. The greatness of God, we all look different, we all are different, we all are unique and that's how God has made us, so let's celebrate that. But it does mean that for someone with a learning disability we might have to think about doing things a little bit differently so that we can support somebody to understand what's going on, to help them to be part of um, a community that may look different than it might do for you and I. A lot of the time when we're thinking about someone with a learning disability, we, again it's about a good understanding about what kind of needs we might be looking at or what kind of support we might be looking at. Um, And I'm sure we all know people who have a learning difficulty, something like someone who has dyslexia, for example, might be classed as a learning difficulty. Someone who struggles in education and finds school quite difficult for whatever reason might be classed as having a learning difficulty. That is different from a learning disability, so a learning difficulty really has to do with academic achievement. Learning, being able to learn how to read and write, etc. Learning <coughs> difficulty, it goes beyond just academic achievement. It really is thinking about your everyday activities. Is the person able to learn how to wash themselves, how to dress themselves, how to follow instructions? An awareness of safety, so being able to understand that when you cross a road, maybe you need to look to make sure that cars are not going to run you over. Um, being able to make choices that um, are wise, which might be difficult for, you know, I sometimes make a choice that might not be very wise, but I might be able to understand the consequence of that choice and then decide well, I'm happy to live with that consequence. Someone with a learning disability might find that process really difficult. Um, so yeah, those are sort of the people that we tend to work with. Um, but obviously, a lovely definition that the NHS might have given us is great for official services, social services, the NHS, etc. Across in church, we know that definitions don't necessarily mean quite as much. But I think it's all about us being aware that there are people in our congregations who may need a bit more time to understand what's going on, who may need um, to hear something in a different way, so not just focus on reading or writing or words. It might be somebody who just takes longer to process something that we've said, so we might need to repeat it a few more times. Let's be aware of that, let's be mindful of that. The last couple of years we've heard a lot, I think, generally in the world, around um, people with autism, people with Asperger's syndrome, but also generally people with mental health needs, um, anxiety and worry and fear and all those things that we hear about in the news quite a lot. Um, And I think, again, it's really helpful for us to remember that those are really real issues that people are facing and we all probably know people in our own church who struggle with um, anxiety and maybe autism etc people with learning disabilities that can be the same for them someone with a learning disability can also suffer from anxiety can also have autism um, but they are different things so a learning disability isn't the same as an anxiety disorder it also isn't the same as autism they are separate um, things but we have to recognize that someone with a learning disability is just like you and i and any struggles life experiences Um, passions, desires that we all have, someone with a learning disability has as well. Oh, I didn't have the clicker. (laughs) I did. There we are. Here is my little summary on the slide for you.
1: All these things are good, but unless we focus on what the Bible says to us about who we are as individuals then we're missing the point, really. And so often I hear churches and church leaders saying to me, well, tell me what they've got, and then we'll know what we we can do about it. I always challenge that and say, by knowing what they have got, inverted commas, you still won't know how to help them. Everybody, as Yona has always reminded us, is an individual. You just look around the room. Do any of us look the same? If You've got twins, even identical twins. There are slight things that are different. And we forget that. We're not looking at a globulous lump of thing and saying, well, they're people with Down syndrome, and therefore, they're individuals, each and every one. And I cannot stress that enough. And that's stressing it hopefully more than enough as somebody who didn't get that. Who years ago, before I started doing this thing, would just not want to know because, well, they're all like that, aren't they? Oh, how I had to learn so much when God wanted me to work in this area. So... Every single one of us, I think, as you look at scripture, we are designed that we need to belong. We need to be part of something. We need to experience relationships and being with others. And it is so hard sometimes, but to accept that in everybody there is this desire to belong and to be part of something. I love this picture beautiful picture of a baby. And we forget that that baby has been known about by Jesus, by God, long before they got to this point. But we look at people and we judge them by what we see. And we treat people as if they aren't. yonah has already mentioned this verse, but Genesis chapter 1 talks to us about each and every one of us being created in the image of God. Go on, day, you look round again at each other. and e- Look, because there is something of the, the wonderful nature of God in each and every one of us. Just take that in. I, you, created in the image of God. That is incredible. Well, I think it is anyway. <laughs> I can't get my head round that. Because as I look at each person and I realise that I'm looking at a slightly different facet of this amazing God who created each and every one of us. I should be shouting hallelujah. What a God we worship and serve. 1 Corinthians talks about there being many parts. I wonder how many people in your church have a learning disability but are part of what happens in the church. Maybe serving, maybe helping out at communion. I can remember years ago going when I worked for another charity but to preach in a church, in an Anglican church, a very high Anglican church. And the vicar when I arrived said to me, Pete, one of the guys with limb disabilities is actually helping me at the altar, serving the bread and wine. They do it, actually. This isn't the first time, just because you're here. That's what they do. And they served with such beauty. It was just, well, tear-jerking to see how God used them in that way. But each and every one of us has a part to play. And why is it so often, if somebody looks seemingly different, we think, oh well, they can't do this, can they? You see, the wonder of it is, if you and I are created in the image of God, and we know who Jesus is, and we recognise that we have been saved by him, then God somehow, by his Holy Spirit, gives us gifts. And why are those gifts there? They're for the building up in the encouragement of the church. So if you and I actually push somebody aside because, well, they wouldn't be able to do anything, would they? Dare I say it? <coughs> yes, I do. The church is bereft. Because the body of Christ isn't being encouraged to function as it should be, serving and working with each other. So that he is glorified and the world sees a very different picture. The one that so often we portray. Love this these verses, Psalm 139. And in the midst of that, it talks about being fearfully and wonderfully made. Some of my friends with uh, with a Down syndrome, when they have realised what this verse means, oh boy, the change in their demeanour. They suddenly somehow get caught taller, somehow blossom in the way that they are. Is that what we realise is true for you and I? The living God has created us each and every one. And we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And forgive me you two, I will say my little story. What did you do when you looked in the mirror this morning? Did you look in the mirror as you got up and you went, wow, that's incredible. That is amazing. Read that verse again. Doesn't matter what we look like. It doesn't matter what we're going through. We are still fearfully and wonderfully made. Or
0: amazingly and wonderfully made, as it says there.
1: Oh, well, you know what I mean. It's another version. But that is true of each and every one of us, isn't it? We can also correct one another.
0: But do you think, do you think that God looks at us and says, wow, that's my son, that's my daughter. Yeah. I think he does, does. Whichever we are. We may think that we're pretty... Oh. Where did that come from this morning?
2: (laughs) I also think it's really important to remember that for so many people with a learning disability, they've had words spoken over them all their lives that they're a mistake. Mm. They're broken, that they're not good enough. Oh, what an opportunity do we have as the church to right some of those wrongs, to change the narrative and to show people and to tell people that you're not a mistake. God made you exactly the way that you needed to be made. Amen. And you are perfect as you are. Yeah. We have a responsibility as a church to make sure that generally we all know that and we hear that, but definitely those in our society who have been told differently. Mm-hmm.
0: And we're just talking about the outside mm-hmm. that, we, that we all see. What yeah. about the, the characteristics inside that only ourselves and God knows mm-hmm. about?
1: I don't know how many of you are in the the first session this morning. I nearly broke when we were singing a song this morning. We sing about God's love, of God's name, over each and every one of us. And I can think of many people, (laughs) me included, where those not so good words have been said over. Parts of the family where they've never known. Encouragement. But we have a God who sings over all of us. Zephaniah talks about that, doesn't it? But actually you and I can sing and speak those words of love, those words of Jesus over each other that says, you are loved, you are amazing, you are created in the image of God. You are who you are meant to be because that's how God created you. Thank you. Anyway, the problem with this subject and with us three, and I will say it now, I'm probably the worst one,
0: is I can talk for hours.
1: Because I'm just so passionate and I want the church to see that there is so much more that we could be doing with people that we've pushed aside so often. And that's true of many other different groups in the church too. Let's be honest. But we have the most amazing thing. And then I don't know why I ever put this this verse in here because I have real problems with this name. What's the
2: problem, Pete?
1: (laughs) Mephibosheth. Call him
2: me. Pardon
1: Pardon, me. Those of you may know, you may all know this story. But the guy, basically, who was lame in both feet, his father was Jonathan. He was, to put it crassly, as so often it's been said in the past, he was crippled. And what happened when David came to the throne? He said, "Is there any one of Saul's household that is left?" Well, yeah, there's, you know, Mephibosheth. Twice, yeah, I've said it twice, right? That's pretty good going. And King David brought him into his household. He treated him as his own son. He didn't have to do that. Yes, he was the son of his best friend. But his best friend was linked to the King Saul who had tried to kill him. You and I need to do the same. We need to draw into the house of God. Those if so often the world have put aside. I'm clicking past that one. Because I want to say... Are we challenged by what we hear? Are we challenged as we look at different people because of what scripture is saying to us, what Jesus is saying to each one of us about each other, whoever we are? Because I really do think we need to be in the way that we think of others. i love this verse. From now on, we don't think we don't look at anyone the way the world does. At one time, we looked at Christ in that way. But we don't anymore. So often, the world wants to put a label on someone. And sadly, for lots of reasons, and Janneke is a social worker, will give you all those reasons. And she's right. But where in the world should somebody be accepted for who they are, not what label they've got? It should be the Church of Jesus Christ. that We accept and welcome and nurture so that they can know who Jesus is and grow in him.
0: Thank you. So... We've heard quite a lot already, haven't we? We've heard about learning disability and what it is, and maybe what it isn't as well. And I hope some of that has sunk in. It's, it's a big area to actually talk about in just one hour in an afternoon. When, uh, Janneke, how many years did you spend studying <laughs> social work in the area of learning disability? Four. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And we've thought also with Pete about what the Bible has to say, what God thinks of human beings, all human beings. And obviously we are focusing in on people with learning disabilities. <coughs> now I wonder if we can move on a bit to think about our churches and how what you just heard might affect, might influence the way we, we do church sure we didn't use that expression when I was growing up, (laughs) doing church. We are church, but actually we can be quite a bit, quite selective about how we allow others to be or do church with us. When I was growing up and when when I became a Christian at the age of 13, I think This is more the pattern of what was expected, and this may resonate with some of you, and for some it may be totally, no, that's not true. First of all, as a 12-year-old who'd gone along to this new church, somehow there was the expectation that I would conform, that I would get to know how you do church, how you behave in church, what it's all about. And... I came to the point of making my own profession of faith. I I realised that I was a sinner. And the only way I could get to heaven was by believing in this, this wonderful son of God who'd lived and died for me and had come back to life again and then given me his Holy Spirit. And by believing, I was then given, if you like, the key to the door so I could belong. It isn't necessarily the best way or the only way for people to become and do church with us, is it? Because, though, as Pete said right back at the beginning, there is that need to belong, to be part of community. If we can be confident enough in ourselves as church, in our identity in Christ, to allow people in to see what it's like to be part of this family, we all say it's the amazing family of God, the best place to, to be. If people are allowed to come in and to taste that family, to see what it's like, to be accepted and valued as they are, and to be receiving those, those words, that message of love and, and forgiveness, then I believe they're more likely to come to that point of faith. And we've talked about people with learning disabilities, perhaps having a reduced or different kind of intellect. They may not necessarily understand, you know, the three points of salvation or the five points of salvation or however many points of salvation you (laughs) want to to make it. And quite honestly, do you or I fully understand the gospel? Mm -hmm. I accept the gospel, but I am growing in my knowledge and understanding of it and I think it's the same for people with learning disabilities. To accept the fact that God loves them just as they are may be as much as much. It's, a, it's an amazing step to take, isn't it? Does that make them a Christian? Well, personally, I'm leaving that to God to sort <laughs> out. He knows at what what, phase, what stage we actually become His. So, I I. Do strongly believe that there is a place for welcoming everyone into the church, giving them the opportunity to come to faith. And do you know what? We can leave the rest to God. No, we can't leave it to God because <laughs> God actually uses us, but God will change them just as he's changing us. And so we've got the picture up here of that person stuck on the outside. No, let that not be true of our churches. Let them be places where everyone is welcome. So, if we want our churches to be like that, there are some uh, things that we will, uh, we will do and be to one another. And I want to introduce you to a friend of mine. And I'm not. Gonna, yeah, she's not actually here. <laughs> Joyce is actually... She's in glory now. <laughs> she's with Jesus. But Joyce was a lady with a learning disability who I used to take along to church on a Sunday. She started by coming along to our to our group for people with learning disabilities once a month, and she liked it so much that she started coming to church. I learnt so much from Joyce. She was one of those people who'd been in one of the old mental hospitals, mental institutions. Not quite sure why she was there. I have a feeling it may have been more because her mum had a breakdown after she was born. She was a, what, a bright cookie, I was going to say, but, <laughs> she was quite She was quite perceptive. They'd recognised some of her gifts and in fact she'd been invited back to be the person who officially opened, cut the ribbon for the new laundry and she had this plaque in her, uh, now in the flat mm-hmm. where she lived with uh, supported living. And they had recognised her for what she could do. Joyce Well, she didn't suffer fools gladly, if you know what I mean. (laughs) We'd sit in the learning disability meeting and someone would be making a bit of noise over there or doing something that she didn't think was right, (sighs) and you'd know exactly what she was thinking. But one day, in the car, she looked at me and she said, Christine, who does for you, duck? (laughs) Who does for you? And it opened up a whole new area of life for me. Who does for me? Well, Pete would say that I do for him. Well, (laughs) but no, I don't have a support worker. I don't have a carer. Life is different. But to her, that was normal. So she gave me more of an understanding of what was normal for her. And it's okay. We can have different life life uh, experiences. And it's still okay and normal. But let's get to know each other. So let's not just welcome people at the door. Of course we want to be welcomed but let's go beyond that let's befriend people and that's why i say let's get to know what people's lives are like friendship isn't just about one side doing all the the talking all the communicating it's getting to know one another and then we can care for one another not necessarily as carers but we can show care and consideration for one another we can share sharing our church meals, share experiences and live life together to the full. And do you see that word in the bottom corner there? Kindness. A bit of kindness goes a long way, they say, don't they? But in order to get to know someone with a learning disability, what do we have to do? I've put the slide up there already, haven't I? We need to communicate. And it does say there, perhaps using words. There are other ways of communicating, aren't there? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you (laughs) Hello, (laughs) Yannicka. Yes. (laughs) But if we're going to have a conversation with someone with a learning disability, how do we start? This is is not a trick question. Any ideas if you're going to talk to someone you didn't know with a learning disability? Smile, Smile, first of all. Brilliant. Thank you. And say hello. Say hello. It's not difficult, is it? (laughs) Thank you. Say who you are and perhaps say, and who are you? Keep it simple. And if that person had a carer with them, who would you talk to? <laughs> You've got it. Do you want to come places? <laughs> Absolutely. Talk to the individual with a learning disability, that doesn't mean you disregard the carer, and you might need to check some things out if you can't quite understand how they're speaking. If speech isn't clear, I would always say, "Well, make it your fault, not theirs, and say, "I'm sorry. I didn't quite catch that. Would you mind saying it again?" And then, if necessary, ask the carer. But carers also need to be appreciated. Mm-hmm. They have a hard job for, has, has to be said very poor pay generally. Mm-hmm. If that person, the person with a learning disability, was also a wheelchair user, how would that affect the way you would communicate with them? Try to get down. Yes, I mean some of us have backs and… Well, we and sit and on, on the t- chair. <laughs> <or something. Yeah. laughs> That's a very good idea, <laughs> yeah. yes.
1: Please um, don't lean on the chair either. Yes, yeah. yeah,
0: so, I mean here we're getting onto the realm of disability generally but certainly that wheelchair is that person's personal space so you don't go, don't go moving them without them wanting it. And there are all sorts of things we can do to make it um, easier to communicate and to find out people's preferences, you know, would you like coffee, would you like tea, don't make assumptions. But anyway, there's an awful lot more that we can say on that. But it is important to communicate somehow, and as Janneke would say, use signs even if you can't use words. Or that person.
2: Absolutely. It doesn't have to be even speech or signing, drawing a picture if you're able to do that. Something literally speaks a thousand words. Um, but yeah, it can be a really helpful way of communicating with somebody who struggles with understanding words, or and who's someone who can't read.
0: Yes, we're coming friend onto that, of ours
1: in our church believed for a long, long time that he couldn't be a proper Christian. In fact, he couldn't be a Christian at all, because he couldn't read. We're a very wordy church. And sadly, it took him a long, long time, and a lot of us, to be able to help him to see that God didn't see the fact that he couldn't read, he saw his heart. And we all knew he was a Christian, when he prayed, oh boy, when he <coughs> prays, mm. you know he's talking to God Even if if he d- every word.
0: Even if at the end of his prayer he does say, that was a good one, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs>
1: the thing is, he's normally right. It
0: was. <laughs> <laughs> so I've, you've laughed just as we laugh when he says that. Uh, but we laugh with him. Yeah, right? exactly. Yes, no, not yeah. Him. Sorry, what, what you do you do want to say? Absolutely, so you 've got conversation points there, and it isn't we don't want to belittle people, but we have to find those points of of communication don 't we and we also have to be sensitive to people's situations if we don't know what someone 's home life is like <coughs> let 's not make assumptions that they're all nice and rosy, and everything's fine. We have someone in our church uh, who comes along to our learning disability group and she sometimes goes back to her mum, but then her mum lives in a hostel and it it sort of raises all sorts of issues about things not being secure and not being as stable as we would love her to have. And therefore her learning disability is not helped by those social situations that she is in. And so let's be sensitive to the fact that life may be really tough. We have another young man who used to have a job until COVID, the job went, and he has been longing and asking us to pray that (laughs) he would find employment. This week, he's been given a voluntary position in a brand new Salvation Army charity shop that's opening, Mm -hmm. and we are thrilled for him. So we're encouraging everyone to go along, and we don't know what his days are or whatever, but (laughs) to go along and encourage him. So let's be sensitive to the fact that life is not necessarily easy, but let's not be patronising either. It's so difficult sometimes, particularly if people have, say, Down syndrome and may have the the the, the height and stature of a child. We can then start talking in a patronising tone and talking down to them. And that's not right. That's not treating someone with due respect and and honour, is it? But in our conversations let's try and be simple <coughs> somehow we can think it clever to use complicated words i know i can be guilty of that
2: I think the church can be quite guilty of that yes. actually yes exactly
0: <laughs> but we now have a, a trustee who has a learning disability sorry we we are a charity called count everyone in and we We want everyone to have the opportunity to come to know and and love Jesus. But we also believe that because people have got gifts, that there's no reason why they shouldn't serve on a board of of trustees, provided they fulfil the legal requirements. It's
1: rather good when you have a trustees meeting (laughs) and the chat goes, did you make that word up?
0: (laughs) (laughs) We are are learning, well, we need to learn so much. So we are having to learn to... Not to use a complicated word if a simple one will do. It is not clever. Why do we do it?
1: I think a big part part of that as well is learning to communicate by shutting up. (laughs) It can be too easy It takes somebody a while to process. Thank you. We want to fill that gap by continuing to talk instead of giving them respect to process and respond. And oh, that's just important than that bit If somebody starts talking to us about quantum physics, or describe God, <laughs> you're probably going to want a second to process what you're going to say. You know, it's out my own daughter, you know, I could ask her, Do you want a slice of toast? They could literally take a minute to answer, and that feels like an hour. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Christine and I were on holiday until the other day, and while we were away, we went to a church. And I have to say, we don't always go to church when we're on holiday, because we're so busy generally, and that's not that we don't want to worship God or anything else, but sometimes it's nice just to be out and about, because we can't normally do that. And we had, and forgive me if this is true of your church, but a 50-minute sermon. We're just into the sermon, the preacher even reminded us that he's read recently that most people only remember 5%, 5%, 5% of what they hear. So I'm afraid I was very tempted to say to him afterwards, so did you do a long one hoping that we'd remember more? <laughs> and, uh, it was so dry and dull and boring. <laughs> <laughs> Forgive me, Lord. And didn't I didn't help that somebody was talking behind me all the way through <laughs> either.
0: But also his fa- sorry, we shouldn't be criticizing others, but you don't know who they are. But yeah, he's, 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 so five percent of what you what you hear you'd remember. Yes. But his final point, I'm sure. Was totally wrong. He said you remember 100% of what you memorize.
1: Really? Yeah.
0: Well, in one sense, if you've memorized <coughs> it, you may have. Re- I, I don't. Anyway, I explain I don't that to me later.
2: <laughs> you get <laughs> just while <laughs> we go back yes. to. I'm sorry, present. It's going to put you back on track if oh, that's okay. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. <laughs> I'll, I'll be
0: still on the same slide yeah, or the I'm previous one. Actually, the jargon,
2: I just want to pick up. You, you mm-hmm. know, I think. In church, we are very good, not just not giving people space to understand what's been there, but actually the words that we use. Mm. We Christine calls it Christianese, and yes. I think that's a really good term for it, because there are so many terms that we just say in church, and we assume that everyone knows what they <coughs> mean. There's a—I always have a challenge for any church leader. If you actually ask the congregation, if I said the word justification, can you explain it to me? Bet you, not that many hands are going to go up in the air. So I think it's... And I think it's one of those things that when we use words that we all assume that everybody knows, let's make sure that we actually make sure that everyone knows what the words mean. So explaining those terms that, you know, they're not not at all wrong to use, and I think it's really helpful to use them and to help people to grow in their vocabulary, but let's explain them. Let's make sure that we really have um, explained to people what those those words mean,
0: but it's not even just that, and I know we must yeah. move on. Mm-hmm. But things like, shall we open in prayer? Sorry, what are we going to open? Yeah. And aren't yeah. we here already? Um, and shall we rise to worship? <laughs> <laughs> and the trouble with jargon actually is, we don't always understand no. what we're saying, and we use it because it's a shortcut because it's yeah. how yeah. we know to express yes. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. but we so if we are asked to explain it, we probably can't. No. <laughs> And with that we shall move on and we, you'll be glad to know that we're getting towards the end and we have actually touched on most of these already. We've said that not everyone can read but actually for those who can read they may not be able to read the size of print in a typical Bible and there are things that we can do to make make it easier by having the right the larger size and different fonts and things. We go into that on our training days so I won't say any more at the moment but don't think that just because it's on the screen makes it easier to read than having it on a piece of paper or in a book.
1: By the way, thinking about it, <coughs> if you look at the fonts that we have on the screen, it may not be best against that background, but they're rounded letters. The ones that so you learn easier to The to ones read. you
0: would have would have done when you first learnt to write. I and mean, we try not to use capitals. Except where they except need except on
1: sentences. Mm-hmm.
0: So, the same with writing. My writing is pretty poor these days. It used to be reasonable. But not everyone can write at all. So let's not assume that, that people can. And Janneke was saying about using pictures. But, you know, you've got a form to fill in at the end of the service. Just put your name down for this, that and the other. Well, actually, people can't always do that. Signing and also sign posting. Have a look around your church, wherever you meet, whether it's in a school, whether it's a purpose-built building. Look at the signage and, and try and see it through the eyes of someone with learning disabilities and also dis- other disabilities. Have you got a sound system? Does it work? Is it clear? Do you have feedback which makes some people jump out of their skins?
2: It's just too loud. That's definitely, it definitely happens in our church. We have someone at the PA desk who really likes really, really, really loud like worship. And if you're sitting in the wrong spot in the service, you go yeah. Absolutely. And, and we have people who come in with ear defenders just because it gets so loud in certain spots. Um, yeah.
0: Mm, that's right. Next one. You're doing really well. Thank <laughs> you. For no. Concentration span. And
1: for the recording, yeah, it is. Concentration span. <laughs> so of five, it?
0: Yeah. <laughs> you can tell us later which 5% Solomon Someone said about slowing down. Can I add to what was said? Even things like it's coming to the end of the service or the meeting and you'll need to get ready to leave and people need to get coats on. There's the thought process that we're coming to an end, there are things to do. But then actually getting shoes, coats, whatever on, it can take forever. And some of us are quite impatient people. And if there are deadlines to meet, you know, let's not go there. there. (laughs) But certainly in our speech, we need to be aware that people need time to process what we are saying. Ever asked your preacher to summarise their sermon in, say, a couple of sentences? It's quite a good challenge. I remember quite recently, no a a few months ago actually, our preacher actually did give us a couple of sentences and a week later I still remembered them.
2: That's your five percent. That was my (laughs) five (laughs) percent.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Finish at published time. We will. (laughs) <laughs> Honest, actually for, for people who, particularly some autistic people, uh, if it says that it's going to finish at such and such a time, it can really muck up their thought process uh, if anything doesn't happen according to schedule. So therefore, do not publish times that you are not prepared to stick to because you may find that they, they won't even remember the 5% because they've been so upset by the... Um, the times that have been uh, misplaced.
2: And for the uh, go on. And so We model that when we do our training. So we will tell people that there will be breaks throughout the day. Mm. We've been never going to give the actual time of the break, mm. just in case the conversation happens and, you know, I'll we'll be five minutes late, or actually there is no conversation and we ten minutes early. Yeah. Mm. Um, so well, yeah, I
0: mean, no, if Pete's there, it's usually the <laughs> ten minutes late. <laughs> <less. laughs> You resemble that But anyway, um, f- yes, finish at published time. Apart from those issues, there are things like meal times, mm. transport. There are practical issues that some of us can make our own decisions about. Other people, particularly people with learning disabilities who are living with supported living and dependent on other people, we must be um, honoring of that. But also let's be prepared for disturbances. We're used to disturbing one another.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I've been quite restrained today. (laughs) But
0: let's be kind, let's be gracious and know that for some they actually need to have some sort of noise in order to engage. And I've learned this recently from one of our, our group members let's also be creative we've said we are made in god's image he is a creative god we can also be creative we were talking earlier weren't we would you want to say a bit about change and how
2: yes so i um support a lady with a disability in our church who um finds change incredibly difficult and um our New, maybe new pastor who decided we're going to change the layout of the church, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is always great. So I'd had this conversation with him around. That's fine, but can you please tell me because I need to prepare her for those changes. Um, The change happened two weeks earlier than planned, so I get a text message at three o'clock in the morning saying, "Yanuk, we've changed the layout on Sunday morning." This was. So I spend about an hour and a half before church prepping the lady around. The church is different. We are still the same. It's still going to be the same service. Going in early, making sure that her chair was in sort of the right space, taking pictures of the layout, sending it to her so she could see it before she she would come. Um, and it's you know it's remembering that for so many people with learning disabilities, change is really difficult. And even being creative in how we do church is actually a really difficult thing for people. It doesn't say that we shouldn't do it, but let's make sure that we pre- prepare um, our people with learning disabilities. And actually many other people in the congregation i might mm-hmm. add to mm-hmm. that I, I was just about to say that actually very often when you um,
0: you talk about these things and other people talk about things actually there's nothing there that doesn't actually
2: generally benefit everybody no. nope. you know, like the very long sermons and the same as you were saying but also you
0: know some of the other vulnerable groups in, in church for instance you know the dr children. Yeah. You know, we often really struggle with change and those you know, yeah. these things mm-hmm. are good for everybody and you know, mm-hmm. all of us come you
2: know, come with our stories and yeah. lots of people, you know. We say often in our cool. church that um, a lot of people in the congregation may be struggling with a particular area, but it's the guys with learning disabilities that tell us about it. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I'm so grateful that they do because you know what, then we know and we can actually talk about it as a as a congregation as a, as a body.
0: We often say if you make church accessible for people with learning disabilities, you're going to make it accessible for everyone. Mm-hmm.
1: We also, you'll hear that we've been talking about accessibility, not inclusivity. Many churches talk about wanting to be an inclusive church, and yeah, I, I applaud that. But actually, what they mean when you delve down is that they want to make it so that you can come and be involved in what we do. Yes. Right whereas we talk about accessible church because actually we have to recognise that we may have to change in order that we can do things inclusively, together. And that's painful. It's painful for us all. But I want a church where everyone can be involved. And that's why we often add, arrogantly, it might sound, if you make a church accessible to a person with a learning disability, You make it accessible for everyone.
0: Just ask uh, that. Yeah? Yeah. So, if you're having a a service and it's amazing and the Holy Spirit comes and different things are happening that weren't really planned, how do you deal deal with that? Because, Mm -hmm. kind of, you don't want
2: to say, okay, no, no, we mustn't have the Holy Spirit moving because we might overrun or something might happen different. What I, I can tell you what I do, I have an oops card. <laughs> and it's a fun, so what I have, I have a um, little key ring with the, sort of the structure of the church, all the things that happen on a Sunday morning, but not necessarily set in stone because I know that we change things up. So it's just on the, on the key ring so I can flip to the next activity. And therefore, when something happens, like the Holy Spirit moves and we completely change what we had planned at the beginning, I show my, I call it the oops the card. going Go, actually God's doing something different. And that is the way that I could prepare the guys with learning disabilities that something is different. It's still safe. It's still fine. But this is the God is doing His own thing moment. It took a bit of time to get to that point, um, and we, we, you know, at the beginning, we definitely had some moments where people got really worried and really anxious um, and really scared and really upset about it. But it's been about persevering with that and, and explaining that when something is different, when God. Is moving and god is doing stuff that's not a scary thing mm. it's not something that we have to get really upset
0: about um so yeah the oops card and that's where actually just very quickly touching on this last point which is one that we will talk about tomorrow afternoon a small group is somewhere where you can actually deal with these different issues uh, in a a smaller setting, and help people to understand why it might be that God moves differently from how we've planned. And that's okay. It's safe.
2: Um, Really important, actually, as we already mentioned, so many people with learning disabilities have support, whether that is family or whether that is paid support workers that um, support them to be able to access things like church. Um, And I think it's really important that we remember that as a church, we're not just and I say just, in inverted commas, not just reaching out to people with learning disabilities, but by doing that, we also are speaking into the lives of their families, of the support workers and carers that come with them. You know, I've seen it in my own church, where um, a gentleman with a learning disability came to my group that I run, for adults with Learning Disabilities, and needed a carer to come with him because of personal care needs. The carer wasn't a Christian at the beginning, um, but he sat in all of our sessions. He heard the gospel every single week, he became a Christian in our group about six months later. Yes. Oh, what an opportunity do we have to reach people that on their own back possibly would never set foot in a church, but they're there because they are supporting someone with a learning disability. And the same is true for families that maybe bring people with learning disabilities. But also recognizing that so for so many families who have um, a son a daughter, Um, a sibling with a learning disability there is, again, talking about the words that have been spoken over the person with a learning disability themselves there's also been words spoken over mum, dad, brother, sister about having a relative a sibling, um, a child with a learning disability. There's often a lot of hurt um, and trauma that sits behind all of that again, let's be a place where families can meet Jesus and hear the right narrati- the narrative and, and have a place where they can share their stories and their struggles and um, what they're, they're finding difficult and let that be a safe place. Mm-hmm. Again we've got such an opportunity as a church um, to bring the love of Jesus to families who very privately and very hidden often can be really struggling. Mm-hmm. We're nearly there.
1: <laughs> no longer us but them. Um, Or even, no longer them, but
0: us.
1: (laughs) That was a bad one today, wasn't it? No longer them, but us. The trouble is I'm thinking of the story that goes with
2: it.
1: It says here, attitude is contagious, is yours worth catching? There is a church up in the Wirral where a couple from the church had come along to a seminar that I was running at Word Alive in North Wales. And in an hour, you can't do much. Much of what we're cramming into this and what we do there is what we will take a day to take churches through. But in that hour, they'd heard me over a number of years talk about this isn't just about giving guys with learning disabilities a happy place to be. Not to keep them happy, but this is because we desperately, desperately want them to know who Jesus is too. And we want them to grow in that too. And so, after a couple of years of hearing me going on like this, they decided they ought to try it. So with some of our resources, they began to take a small group of adults with learning disabilities in the church through a programme. And when we saw them at Word Alive last this year,
0: yeah,
1: we want to show you a photograph. The first one was baptised. And they said, Pete, it's your fault. (laughs) (laughs) And we wish we'd listened earlier. And he said, oh, by the way, we've also got his uncle being baptised in a couple of weeks after we come back from Word Alive. Why? Because they've seen the change in their family member who has Down syndrome. You can't make it up. God is working things out. It is no longer about them. It's about us. They're not talking about that group now. They're talking about, we as church, look what's happening. We were going to give you time for questions. You (laughs) might have to chat (laughs) afterwards. We'll be around. Uh, And you've been doing that as we go along. But look, I've got clever, I've I've done a QR code.
0: <laughs> so if
1: you want our web address, have a look at the QR, and it, it would take you straight there. I can't believe that.
0: Sure, some people might be like us last week yeah. and we didn't know how to do it.
1: Well, just you, 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 it you, have, your... you might need an app on your phone, but a lot of phones these days, the more up to date ones, just point it there and it will. Little square around it and it'll set you straight through to the thing. For
2: those of you who don't do the phone app thing, <laughs> I believe. <laughs> it's funny it enough, I, I really don't.
1: What is the website? <laughs> <laughs>
2: now, on your chairs, there are some pieces yeah. of paper. Pieces of paper. <laughs> <laughs> um, they are two different ways. They are two different, yeah, ones. two different So you might want to grab both. Um, but one of them is some information about sort of um, what we can do, and then there are some um, training information as well about what we did in so do take that with you, Um, and we also have a little sign-up sheet, if you want to know more about what we do and you would like to receive our newsletter, go to Christy, (laughs) she has the pen and a piece of paper.
1: But thank you guys so much for coming, thank you for being part of this, hope we'll see you over, well next, we'll be here up until tomorrow evening, Um, but uh, if you're around for what we're doing tomorrow, then we'd love to see you, but bless you and thank you so much for coming.
0: And, and finding
1: about what we think is so important for the church to recognise.
0: And we we will, God willing, be at the Connect festival next year. Running? Are you? The for adults with oh, disabilities. Oh. <laughs> and, oh yeah, we will need a team of volunteers. It would be great if those, those volunteers could actually have done our whole day training ideally or already be involved in this ministry but do talk to us, we are human. And we
1: are as an organisation really blessed that Commission have had us coming in delivering uh, uh, different things they've been doing and for that we're really, really grateful. But I said to them, we need to do us out of a job. The conferences that you run... They are yours, they're not ours. Now, hey, we go to loads of festivals every year, believe me. And there are only a few of us. We have lots of volunteers that work with us. So if you wanted to consider working with us in that way, we'd love to hear from you. Put a note on the sheet as well. But we would love to build a team that enables Commission to run their own festival stream for adults with learning disabilities. We'll support you all the way. But we'd love you to be able to do it yourselves.
0: Thank you for listening. God bless you all.